Welcome to Everything Went Black podcast. Before we get started, I have to run through the list of uh, various plugs and uh, requests that I have. So to start off, this episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee, which is uh, my coffee company, which Jacqueline, you've, uh, you're a big fan of that, aren't you? I am. It's delicious. So if you're interested in checking that out, you go to uh, savagegoldcoffee.com. <clears throat> I just started up this new thing. Um, it's called the Savage Gold Coffee Alliance, where you can sign up. We send you a pound of coffee and you get billed automatically, so you'll never be um, you know, caught in those awkward moments during the week, like on a Wednesday, where you wake up and you go to make some coffee and you're, you're, you're out. So why live like that? <laughs> I have a new affiliate sponsor, and that's NatureBox. Um, if you're interested in getting healthy snacks delivered to your door, similar to the Savage Gold Coffee Alliance, you can sign up for that. They have a variety of different uh, products. Uh, if you're gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, like whatever, if that's your thing, you want they have low sugar options. You can sign up for that, and um, you know they'll they'll fix you up with whatever you need. And then for those of you who are into uh, health and fitness, uh, there's Onnit, which is uh, a human optimization company. If you want to buy kettlebells or exercise DVDs. Uh, organic uh, nut butters, like things of that nature, or like really killer T-shirts that have like screaming monkeys on them. You can uh, you can go there and check that out. And last but not least, probably one of my favorite uh, products is the uh, Datsusara Hemp Equipment Company. I have um, several Datsusara products. This uh, killer fanny pack, which I just got, which I take out on the road with me all the time to put you know various things such as uh, wire cutters, guitar strings flashlights, that sort of stuff. And uh, my, my battle pack, my Datsusara battle pack, which I fit every possible thing you could want, you could fit in that bag. It's all made out of hemp, it's antimicrobial, and it's uh, reasonably priced. And actually, we had Chris on the podcast last year, and he's like a super cool guy, so you'd be supporting him. Also, I always forget to mention this on every episode, is uh, we have a Facebook page, um, Everything Went Black Media. And you can just check out past episodes, uh, photos of some of the guests, and uh, just interesting links that I've been posting up there. Also, those of you who are listening to this via iTunes, please leave a review. Um, it helps my standing on iTunes. If you you know like it or dislike it, give it like one star, five star, two and a half stars, whatever. It just helps me out a little bit, and um, I'd appreciate it if you guys like uh, you know left a, a review from time to time on these various episodes. So tonight we have Nightbreed DJs. Uh, that's uh, Jacqueline Shear, who's been on the podcast uh, several times at this point, um, and Alish Martinez. So uh, you guys are a, a new DJ night that's happening here in New York. So um, just give us the uh, the rundown. Like, how do you guys meet? You know, what's your mission statement? All that sort of stuff. Go! <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie and I used to work together. And uh, it was almost like a contest of who would show up with the, the most evil T-shirt every day. And we were fast friends and take over the office stereo. And eventually, um, we did we DJed a, cha- a charity event together. And she blew my mind playing uh, Susie Green Fingers. No, it was no, Painted it was Bird. Bird. It was Painted yeah. Bird. And we kind of started just toying with the idea of, of doing a regular night together. Because so we both grew up kind of in the, in the New York area, her in Brooklyn, and I grew up in Newark. And, um, you know, we just thought about all the parties that aren't around, like how there's not really a, like a, a psychobilly party. There's not particularly a death rock party. And we 
kind of like the idea of trying to do something that would kind of preserve the subcultures that gave us so much and give back to them and be able to play all that music uh, in, in one place so that everyone could hang out because there's really not many spaces left or, or venues for it. So it was kind of, I guess, archival in that way too. Where, where were you guys working together? Uh, we were working at a PR firm called Girly Action. That's a, it's a great music PR firm and we'd work on just all kinds yeah. of... We worked together yeah, we, we on just, a couple things. Um, yeah, there were some really cool bands. Uh, I forget what we did together. We didn't do Melvins together, right? No, but we would do you know the Cramps and Morrissey and a lot of great things. Yeah, Alicia was working for Morrissey for a long time, and the Cramps, of course. Really, and, uh, I didn't yeah. realize. I knew, I knew Jacqueline mentioned that you meant you work with Morrissey, but that's pretty. And, and the Cramps too. Oh yeah, that was the, just the best. Are, are you a fan of both of those bands? I'm, a, those I'm a huge Cramps fan. I grew up with pictures of, of both of them on my wall. So for me, it was it was a big thrill. But the Cramps especially, you know, I feel like there's no that's, – that's kind of like our aesthetic too of everything that's dangerous and bad for you. And, and, you know, that should be forbidden about rock and roll. That's really what Jackie and I, you know. Sort of like the bad yeah. music for bad people. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now one of, the, one of the things, like a lot of times I get to meet you know, my various travels, like a lot of people that I've, you know, looked up to and respected musically and maybe gotten inspiration from on certain things. And, and it's always like weird meeting them like in a, in a neutral setting, not like a fan sort of thing. So how, how is that? Like, you know, like you're saying that you're a huge Morrissey fan and Cramps fan. How was it actually inter- interacting with them? Or was it mainly just management that you dealt with? No, no. I mean, with the Cramps, they did everything themselves. They put out their own records. They managed themselves. So Ivy was really the one who was kind of the you know the business head and, and would do everything. But you know, they would when they came to the office, it was like you know movie monsters came to life. Like it was <laughs> everyone was was so starstruck, but in the best way. And they were you know Lux was goosing our interns and teaching us beer bottle opening tricks and you know photo bombing, picking his nose, so kind of everything you wanted to be. So it was it was really really positive. And you know to me, Ivy's one of the the most underrated guitarists ever. Hands down, easily. So, and, and just just a, a wonderful person. And, you know, like I said, I as, as many bands as are Cramps-inspired or sound like the Cramps, I don't think anyone kind of captures that, that really dangerous anything could happen. One, one of our mutual favorite bands, uh, Gun Club, seemed like Jeffrey Lee was, like, kind of uh, infatuated with Poison Ivy. Yeah. Yeah, he liked the ladies, like uh, Debbie Harry also. He, like, kind of wanted to be Debbie Harry, and he was, like, the head of her fan club. Um over there in Cali. It's kind of it's uh, kind of funny when when I, that that information surfaced about Jeffrey Lee Pierce and his uh, Deborah Harry fandom. Because yeah. now it kind of makes sense with that blonde hair and he got those like pouty lips and everything. It totally does. Yeah, and then uh, Kid Congo Powers. He did he play with the Cramps at one point. Yeah, in the Cramps, yeah. and the Gun Club, and the Gun Bad Seeds. Well, yeah, because I was saying there's like crossover. And then Patricia Morrison. Yeah. Well, she was in Sisters of Mercy later, but. And the bags. And the bags, right. So, so um, yeah, and of course, like, we play tons of gun club <laughs> at our night, the the first night we did. Um, you know, I think we're just, like, still getting, like, used to it, but, so it was, like, Misfits, gun club. Um, that's a cramps, demented Argo, Batmobile, yeah. just... So a question I have for both of you, really, is, um, you know, being, like, such huge music fans... Were you ever, did, have either of you ever tried to play music yourself, like, you know, with an instrument or try to learn anything or, you know, just 
get involved on that level and and how did that go you know well uh i did i was in in a series of of short-lived punk bands for many many years i you know play like two three shows and then break up but i i really loved it but um it was never i guess for me i never was was careerist about it in that way and i don't know if it's because i didn't feel like i had the talent for it or or what but it was it was really fun and um we got to play with a lot of people um like the Red Ants, uh, Carrie from the Red Ants, her other band, the Two Tears, and it'd be fun because Bratmobile, who we also play all the time at our nights, uh, they were really the first band that made me feel like I could play music because I'm like I'm like I love a Bratmobile record and it yeah. felt simple enough I could learn it in an hour, so it'd be you know kind of really like I guess around the the Riot Girls, really that whole scene really inspired me and they were very supportive of me. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh... I messed around with drums years ago. Uh, you know, I, I had your bass for a really long time and like <laughs> and didn't practice it enough. I think you you taught me how to play Disorder by Joy Division, which was like awesome. But then of course I forgot it. And when I was living with Garrett for years, you know, he had his guitars at the apartment, so I would mess around with those and. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, maybe I want to learn the theremin, you know, the steel pedal. Like now I'm like back to drums. There's this Link Ray song, which is actually on our new mix. The one that's up now on Mixcloud. Um, it's called fat back and I'm just, I really want to learn how to play it. I know you said it's like, to me, I'm like, oh yeah, it's the same thing. I could get into the groove and you're like, no, there's like four different things going on and it's, it's hard, but I feel like I have this energy in me that I need to like just exercise because if I don't, I, I think it's kind of like a, I think I'm depriving myself. I mean, I know I'm never going to be, you know, Andrew Hernandez, you know, he's the tombs drummer. He's amazing. And, um, you know, I'm not really aspiring to be that, you know, kind of musician, but I do want to, you know, go in the studio and mess around and do something, even sing. I don't, I don't know. In in high school, I was going to do some punk band and sing, but then I couldn't come up with lyrics. Even though I was like really into politics, I couldn't, I don't know. It's like, I think I, I was always too self-conscious. I think that's what stopped me. You know, just being t- like self-conscious, like I wouldn't be good enough to do it. Yeah, the thing about drums is like I feel like um, drummers are kind of born, really. But the fact that you have had some early success on drums means that you probably have some kind of natural ability with it, though. Well, I think I have a good sense of rhythm, yeah. you know. And I, whenever I listen to music, whether it's like you know, surf music or hardcore, metal, punk, you know, I I always really pay attention to the drums. You know, when I first got into I Hate God, I just loved the way, like, Joey hit the drums really hard. And even though it was sloppy, I was like, oh, it's so awesome. I just want to, like, you know, like, bam, bam or something. Like, I just want to bang on the drums. So we'll see. That's, like, my next idea, you know. So now getting to DJing, um, you know, you know, I, I've, I've done, like, you know, mixtapes and whatever. You know, I usually throw it together in, like, you know, like 10 minutes or something like that. But you guys really seem to put together... Like some effort, because right? I see the work you guys put into the, the the stuff that you have online right now. So, do you consider that to be like sort of an extension of the creative process, like you know, assembling the songs to create a certain vibe or selecting tracks on based on a certain theme with maybe like some of the stuff that you're doing? Like, 
Yeah. I mean, one of the things that for us is that we always try to have this really wide scope. So we think how we're going to play a lot of different kinds of music and make them fit together. So it kind of takes you, so it makes sense, you know, the journey of it. But um, we're, we're big nerds and we'll debate, you know, the right song for hours and make 50 versions of the same mix. <laughs> and um, because a lot of it too, it, like I said, it is about preserving things and preserving the underground. So we always kind of go out of our way to make sure that we feel like it's representing a lot of different sides of it. And, you know, and things that I think you have to be really um, deliberate about because it's, it's really easy to play the same records over and over. But if, you know, if you think to ourselves, something I always think about is like, well, there has to be records by women on it because there's not, you know, that's something that needs to be supported. And if you don't go out of your way to do it, it's very easy to, to to not include them or and people get erased out of the underground too. So we make sure that there's you know records by Latin American punk bands, you know records that gay people made, records that to say you know everyone's kind of built this together and you can't can't erase anyone out of the picture. Yeah, because I, actually I heard uh, I don't think I heard the entire new mix that's up there, but it has some international um, music on there, which. Yeah. Uh, I, I always appreciate that, uh, you know, because I, you know, I try to, li- I mean, I listen to a lot of different types of things too, but uh, I always like to, I go to Europe every couple, you know, every year I'm there at least once and I always try to buy records that are like local, you know, so I can bring back stuff and bands that maybe the States people haven't really heard of too much and I can be like the cool guy with like the, the <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, check this out, man, I got this record, you know, and, and, um, yeah, I just think it, it's it's even though there's uh, they're playing the same genre as say Ameri- an American band is, because of the location and the experiences that they have in whatever country they live in, there there's always like this slight variation to what they how they express themselves. So I think that that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, that's all Alesh also like bringing those like the Peruvian stuff and that French new wave song. It's so good, and that woman sounds very much like early Susie. Um, and, uh, and I like that. I like, I love that you love Riot Girl stuff, you know, cause you're a dude and like, um, so yeah, I think, I think with us, we like so much stuff and we've both DJ like separately for years. Um, I guess you've. So th- this is like the first time you guys have actually collaborated on, on like a DJ night? For like our own thing, yes. Yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I've been DJing on and off at bars for like 12 years now. I feel like you've been doing the same. Um, and for a long time, I, you know, I was doing like hardcore and metal, which was great. But I have so much stuff. Like I love music. Music's incredible. You know, we both agree that, I mean, you can't, you can't just limit yourself to, like, punk and hardcore and metal. I mean, there's so much stuff, like, you know, like reggae and, and uh, you know, ska, surf, psychobilly, rockabilly, post-punk, goth. Um, and actually, I think maybe, like, two years ago, right, we talked about it. We were going to call it Blue Velvet. That was, that was our <laughs> first That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, but then we just wanted something a little more dangerous. Um, and we actually wanted to do Magic Club because we both love Desperately Seeking Susan, which is such a great movie that it's like this classic underground movie starring Madonna. takes place in the village, you know, well, in Jersey also. But... Um, and St. Mark's Place, and you see Bleecker Street Cinema, and, I mean, New York City looks so different. Like, it, it's not, like, you watch that movie, and it's such a time warp, but anyway, the 
the Magic Club where Rosanna Arquette works. That's we wanted to <laughs> name ourselves, and I. But then someone else had the name, um, and then yeah, I don't know. Like we both love like horror movies, and Clive Barker and Nightbreed is awesome, and. Yeah, there's something about about Nightbreed because uh, the, you know if you've seen Nightbreed, they kind of have that place midi in the cemetery where there's the last of each kind of monster that's left of their kind, and they all can hang out in the one place, and that's kind of you know <laughs> in some way what we want to do at the bar, yeah. of like for where the where the psychobilly kids and the punk kids and the hardcore kids and everybody can go to the same place and you know hear the records that you don't really get to hear much. Well, what's also cool about Nightbreed too is that each monster is like slightly all different too. It's not yeah. like there's like you know these are the werewolves go here and like the you know the vampires hang out here and like you know the zombies go to this place. It's all all the Nightbreed creatures all are unique in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of in line with what you guys your concept. Yeah, yeah. except everyone goes to Otto's yeah. instead of the cemetery. Yeah. So. <laughs> so how did how did you um. Like, how did, like, you arrive at that particular venue to have this this event? We we had a few ideas. Like, we wanted it to be very, you know, again, like, working with this. We both, like, really miss New York City in the 90s. Not to be all nostalgic and, like, oh, New York's dead or any of that kind of thing. But we, you know, we miss, like, you know, there was Green Door at Coney Island High. And just, like, parties like that. Mm-hmm. And the pyramids still doing stuff. But, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not the same. And, um... So we were very specific about where we, we wanted it to be in Manhattan, not Brooklyn, even though there's some great places in Brooklyn. We were like, yeah, let's do it in Manhattan. And um, it was – we were thinking about Niagara. We were thinking about – who, which is owned by um, Jesse from Degeneration, and he was part owner of Coney Allen High. So there's like that le- legacy. I'm going to edit this out. All okay. Right. You know, there's only most people. A lot of many people that listen to this don't live in New York. Okay, I'm sorry. And they're from like Europe, so yeah. or, or whatever. They're from <laughs> okay. everywhere. I looked You'll at the, okay. So sort of elaborate on that because I think that's really interesting, and I think people that are like, say, you know, some dude in Germany, will probably think that's really cool to talk about, like, you know, both of you guys, like, because it's interesting, okay. you know. And also, there's a lot of younger kids who were probably not really active in yeah. the '90s. Okay, so. In New York City in the 90s, there were some really great clubs. There was a place called the Wetlands, um, and they had tons of hardcore shows and metal shows, but they also had this very big hippie uh, demographic, and lots of environmentalism uh, went on there. Um, and uh, just really great place. Also, Tramps, The Cooler, Coney Island High. They had a night called Green Door, NYC. Um, the guy who owned that place well the co-owner is this guy jesse mallon who's in the band degeneration this punk band from new york city and he co-owns um niagara with i think howie pyro i'm not sure but anyway um we we wanted to keep the party very like new york city and kind of as a tribute to like to those days um so we were very specific about where we wanted to have it so we were thinking Niagara, this place. Um, also the Pyramid, which has been around forever. And, and they're famously known for their, like, goth dance, 80s parties. Um, and then there's Otto's, which actually uh, used to be Barmacy, which was another great bar. And that's actually the first bar I DJed at. It was Barmacy. And it was awesome. And then they, you know, uh, they changed hands, like, owners, what, I think, like, a couple weeks later, and then it became Otto's Shrunken Head, and Otto's has done a lot of, um, 
like rockabilly punk night. It's like a tiki bar. And we just thought that it kind of fit with our whole like, you know, missing like this NYC energy. We, we both feel like New York City has lost its grit a little. It's lost its soul a little. It's more... It just seems a little a bit more about, like, I don't know, money and not so much about, like, creativeness anymore. Creativity, which is sad. Yeah. And Otto's is really, um, you know, you can go see bands there any night for free. And they, they have psychobilly parties. They have punk and reggae parties. So we knew that the, the people that we wanted to reach are probably already hanging out there, which was, you know, a, a big part of it. But um, there's really not that many venues that are still supportive of of anything underground and they were they've been really great to us and and again like jackie and i grew up going to limelight to their communion and rock and roll church parties and squeeze box and a lot of you know a lot of of great nights so just kind of wanted to try to capture some of that that energy of them and and preserve it and keep it going instead of complaining all day about what there isn't is kind of make what you know you don't see out there already see that that's cool because a lot of people you know a lot of our you know friends mutual friends we probably have that's like you know they'll you know, get all jaded and, you know, you know, back in the 90s, things were cooler and, like, there's this place is gone and I'm just going to stay home and, you know, watch, like, uh, Sons of Anarchy or something and, <laughs> you know, wistfully wish for these, like, days that are gone. So, but you guys are actually trying to do something. Yeah, because I have found myself getting into that mindset. Like, honestly, like, I am guilty of that, where I'm like, I mean, I think it started with Giuliani when things started shutting down, and the Lower East Side started changing, and I mean, it was such a bum out when Coney Island High shut down, and then Wetlands. I mean, it was sad, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's just been a string of places closing. Don yeah. Hills and- mm-hmm. Don Hills. That was what, like a couple, like a few years ago yeah. now. But it just seems um, like it's always something. There's always something missing instead of something being yeah. added to to the mix. And we really wanted to kind of to do our part because you know, you, at some point you can't just be the person who shows up places. You know, when those places disappear, you have to be like be the one that keeps it going. Yeah, and there's you know there's like um, a couple of really great places here in Brooklyn. There's St. Vitus, but they mostly cater to metal. And actually, like the metal, we were talking about this earlier. The metal scene is so healthy and doing very well um and then the acheron they have metal shows there too but they they also have a lot of punk shows and there's a very big punk presence there well they had that one they had that they used to have a goth night there too right yeah but and i never we, heard of it happening again i went one night with my friend stephanie and i was we, there too Yes. <laughs> and I just want to give a shout out to Stephanie. And uh, we really liked it. We thought it was really cool. Whoever was DJing was like awesome. And we kept bothering them. asking, What is this? What are you playing? But um, and so there's cool stuff going on in Brooklyn. But again, like, you know, when I was in junior high school, I would, you know, sneak out and go to the village and go to Patricia Fields. And like, you know, it was like. I just thought it was, like, the greatest place on earth, St. Mark's Place, you know, again, Coney Island High, and Trash and Vaudeville, and Love Saves the Day, and um, all these great places, and just the energy, I just remember being so, like, kind of mesmerized by it when I was younger, because I lived in, you know, in Brooklyn, in Midwood, and the village just seemed so amazing, and Limelight, of course, and even all those, like, ravers who I couldn't stand, and, like, they were all, like, very creative, and, like far out and into their own thing and you know disco 2000 and all that shit and before the the michael alec murders and stuff murder but um yeah so i think we, again we just 
not to like discount Brooklyn, but we just wanted to. We decided like let's let's do it in the city, you know. So you guys had that the first night, which was like a few what about a month ago maybe at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, last and, month, and you know, that they gave you a week a weeknight on that time around, right? It was a, it was Thursday, a Thursday, which wasn't bad, but this time we have a Friday. Yeah, and that's better. <laughs> so were you guys nervous for that first night? I wasn't. I wasn't because because really I I was really excited about it because you know like what she was saying is before when you can kind of be snottier about oh those kids are over there and these people are over here and it's like there's not really many of us left anywhere so we kind of have to go to the same place and I was just really excited to try it and and you know like like I said not every scene is still healthy you know you can't listen to Demented Argo or Christian Death regularly at at any place in New York City that I that I can think of so I was just kind of happy to to be doing that yeah i think um I, I when i haven't dj'd in a while i always do get a little nervous and then i end up playing like the same band over and over again so again i played like five gun club songs or something because i'm like well <laughs> no one else is playing gun club so i'm just gonna play like gun club all night but um yeah it's it's cool like i, I guess there are goth nights going on and i'm not familiar with them i don't know if that night at the acheron is still going on uh, i don't know if the bat cave is still doing stuff no um no, there are some but even even then like you know that's just another thing that has so many offshoots and so many uh goth clubs now really just play electronic music they're not really playing 45 grave or you know they're not really playing death rock so it's it's about that it's about those those records mm-hmm. that you don't that you don't really hear yeah, because there is, like, a new goth scene, but it does seem more, like, geared more towards this electronic, noisy, I don't know, it's, like, not, like, you know, it's not Susie, it's not The Cure, it's not even, like, Cabaret Voltaire or something, it's, like, something else, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to, like, you know, talk about something I'm I'm not, I don't know too much about, but... From what I understand, there aren't too many nights like that. Playing death rock and punk and surf and soul music. Like, we are both huge John Waters fans, and we love his soundtracks. And they're just this, like... Always on in his movies, there's, like, just, like, weird kind of, like, 60s, 50s, like, you know, like, soul, doo-wop. And the trash culture side of it, too. You know, just finding that... That dirty soul song with that double entendre. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then again, like to, uh, another tribute to New York, New York City bands like New York Dolls, and you know, I mean, just really and Jane County, and yep. you know, just a lot of a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, we want to, you know, we're trying to tap into that also. So the people at Autos seem to have, you know, liked what you guys did because you have another night coming up now. Yeah, the 26th. And they gave you a Friday night this time around. Yeah. Which is going to be good. So I, you know, I, I hope that they have to close it when it's still full. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a big, I mean, you know, a weeknight, you know, it's like, it's maybe, maybe because New York has become such a, a regular guy kind of place. Like everyone's like, oh, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. And there is that, that element that's sort of like, is sort of missing, you know, I think where people start thinning out like around midnight. Yeah, of course. But you know, I, I would go to, to limelight on, on a Wednesday. Yeah. But that was back in the day though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think nowadays, like there's a lot, a lot more of like these kind of, um, you know, regular type people that like live in the city and, 
you know, they're to them going crazy on a weeknight is staying out to like 11 or something, you know. But now you guys have a Friday night. Yeah, so. that's not night breed. Yeah, that's going home at eleven is definitely not no. night breed. <laughs> <laughs> but now you got a Friday night. Yeah, which is great. And you know, ultimately, like one of the things we so right now at Autos, you know, assuming we'll continue, it's it's in the front right now. Right. Eventually, we want to move it to the back because we want people to dance. Like we're it's not necessarily a dance party, but the whole like vibe. Um for Nightbreed is, you know, dangerous, like, sexy, awesome music that you want to move to, you know? Right. Like, you don't want to just, like, sit there and... Sure, I mean, you could sit there and have a beer and, like, you know, rock out to something, but I would love to see someone just, like, up and shaking their ass and just, like, having Act a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that... That's like that's a goal to have people dancing, you know, to to that stuff because I think everything we play is pretty. Yeah, we are beat conscious to an extent where you know we we try not to slow it down too much. Yeah, I and did that actually last time, and I bored <laughs> the, the bartender. The I played night. I played two Fields of the Nephilim songs in a row, and um, and I think it was Crime in the City Solution, which was you know sexy and dark, but. You know, maybe a little boring, and I was putting the bartender to sleep. But uh, you know, I know better for next time. So, so yeah. So I prep. When, when is this night coming up? It's like, what, what's what's the date again? So it's uh, Friday the twenty sixth, and it's at ten. Starts at ten. It starts at ten, and then we'll also. Um, it won't. It's not a night breed night, but we'll be doing probably something really swampy at New Blue on Avenue C on October twenty first. Oh, yeah. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what have you guys been doing to prepare for this night? You've been like doing push-ups and like you know, <laughs> jumping rope and stuff like that? Or what, what's, you know, you guys getting your, your records together? What's going on? Yeah, we li- we're we like always <laughs> listening to our mixes. When we're working on our mixes, we're like, Alicia will call me and I'll be like, I'm listening to our mix, you know. Or like I'll like text him. He'll be like, I'm listening to our mix right now. And yeah, just like. I feel like I'm always dancing to it. I feel like that's always, like, a good test. It's, like, just playing it in the background. If I find myself in the kitchen, like, shaking my hips, you know, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. I can't wait to play this. And we always kind of nerd out about what's missing of, like, you know what? What aren't we doing on this yet? And Yeah. And so there's that's a lot of, of the getting ready of, you know, what are we going to play this time that we didn't last time? And what are you going to pull this out of? Like, that's why I'm this mixing. You know, we're playing, like, I want to be your dog in Spanish. Oh, oh and, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And things like that that people might not have heard, but but somehow know to just, I don't know, keep it yeah. keep it exciting. And like I said, you know, have that wide scope where, you know, it, it kind of starts off in this, in this really, uh, you know, primitive, dark way. And it ends up with these, like, really sad, glam, like, kind of tearjerker. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's kind of the, the fun part of it is getting from, from this place to that place. And I think with the night, we do the same thing. Like, always... You know, uh, like I said, to me, playing Death Rock and Psycho Billy, and, and it's it's really exciting. And, so some of the more obscure stuff that you play, is there anything that sticks out that you want to, like, shout out to people? Like, you know, they, they might want to check out, like, some of this, like... Oh, yeah, of, uh, of course. Well, I am I was born in Spain, but I, am, I moved to Jersey when I was a little kid. So, you know, one of the things that we don't think about, because we always think about the States and, and the UK, is, is how punk and all these things evolved in other places. So if, you, if you're interested in, in Spanish death rock, um, there's a band called Paralysis um, Permanente. You're wearing the shirt right I'm now. I'm wearing the shirt right now. And then uh, there's also this woman named Alaska, who I guess would be the, the Spanish world Susie. 
you know so that those are definitely things to check out and um there's just a lot of great early 80s stuff in madrid and a lot of um los psychos but psychos uh spelled i guess the spanish way s-a-i-c-o-s it's kind of this like this proto psycho billy just peruvian garage that's just really there's some of it on on the mix yeah yeah it sounds great yeah, it's a really nice mix. Like, Aleish brought a lot of that stuff to this mix. Like, the last mix, we kind of just wanted to put, you know, all the classics together, like all the stuff we like. And this has a lot of the stuff we like as well, but I just feel like it, it's very different than the first mix. Um, you know, we didn't want it to sound like the first mix. The first mix did have a lot more of the darker stuff, and we actually put some industrial on that one, like Skinny Puppy and... Section 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and like early cure and, and did we put ministry on? I don't remember. Okay. But we played ministry at, at our night, uh, the last time, but this time we, it's kind of more garage glam. Um, I put one of my favorite specials song on concrete jungle. It's such a urban nighttime song. It's so classic. And I feel like it works really well. Like that kind of dark, but, like, you know, this weird kind of ska punk works very nicely against, like, all the the international stuff. I don't know. I, really, I thought it, it came out really nicely. <laughs> so um, if, uh, you know, anyone was in your in the crowd like who who would you like to come to show up at one of your uh, one of your nightbreed events out of say like some famous celebrity or you know like musician or whatever like who who would who would you be stoked if you found out maybe you didn't even see them maybe someone's like hey i heard so-and-so was here like who would that person be for you know, both of you guys well you know in in one way some of those people are are Maybe some of the more obscure ones, because we talked about, you know, Kid Congo or Patricia yeah. Morris and people who were like in the cramps and the bags and the Sisters of Mercy. And, to, you know, so I would I feel like someone who who accomplished that, like a Patricia Morrison, who who could be in, you know, in the damned and in the Sisters yeah. of Mercy and, you know, or, or Kid Congo, that someone like that really, I think, really gets the scope of it. So I would freak out. But um, I don't know. I'd say I'd, I'd be pretty happy if I saw Poison Ivy show up. That would be pretty rad. Um, I think it'd be really cool if, like, you know, Susie just happens to, like, be out drinking one night. I heard she drinks whiskey. You know, <laughs> she's just hanging out, having a bourbon, like, you know, digging our stuff. Um, and then, of course, I always freak for, like, David Lynch. And I know, I don't know what he's necessarily into. He makes amazing music, and all of his scores are amazing. Um, I feel like he, he might appreciate some of our stuff and I would die if he walked in. Um, that actually reminds me when I DJed at Manitoba's years ago, Jerry Contrell came in and, uh, I, you know, I grew up loving Alice in Chains. So I kind of really like freaked out and I played an Alice in Chains song. <laughs> like, How did you respond to that? Well, he was downstairs uh-huh. actually. Uh, but I, but someone mentioned it and they were like, oh yeah, he totally, he totally like, Notice, I was like, oh, did he feel like douchey or whatever, you know? And they were like, no. And actually, at Lit one night, I DJed and Barney from Napalm Death was there. And I played off uh, something off of Utopia Banished. <laughs> you know, no shame. It's like, big fan, you know, so why not? Um, but, uh, yeah, Poison Ivy. Yeah, or, 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 you know, just the, the trashiest people New York has to offer. David Johansson? Jane County. That'd be pretty rad. Iggy. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. If Iggy... <laughs> yeah, okay. If Iggy came in, I think I would die. Yeah. Like, you know, 
Um, yeah, I, I would go up to him. I mean, I'd probably be a little nervous. I've heard Henry Rollins has been even like nervous around Iggy because he's such a he's such a legend, you know. Um, and we play tons of like Iggy and Stooges and, and our Iggy last would dance. And Iggy oh, would yeah. dance. And Iggy would dance. Yeah, He'd probably take his shirt off. <laughs> oh, He'd be like yeah. jumping around the bar. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would get on the bar with him. <laughs> I had two Stooges shows, I got up on stage and, and danced as close to him as I could. Because he would invite people up on stage dancing. During, I think it was I Want to Be Your Dog. It was like both times, but he's so rad. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, so there. I, I think Iggy, for me, and maybe Poison Ivy for you. <laughs> yeah, Poison Ivy, Jane County, I'll take him up. Thank yeah, you. yeah. So you guys throw this term around. That I'm not familiar with Dirty Soul And what's that all about? Yeah well that's what I mean It's like, it's like soul music That's just really Like primitive and, and grimy And like I said Has really uh, Dirty double entendres That you know it's, it's not hard to know What it's really about And, and you know Because we're really about Anything that makes you feel Kind of unhinged And uh, And I don't want to say Free spirited But just it makes you want to Do whatever Do whatever you want to yeah. And I think there's so much, so much of that energy is, is rooted in those old soul records. So, you, you know, you can't ignore them when you're trying to build on that, you know. Yeah. Again, there's like lots of these like rare, like there's this group, the Jive Bombers. And um, oh, there's another group, I, I forget the name, but they have a song called Baby Let Me Bang Your Box. Wow. Which is pretty awesome. And, you know, so like stuff like that, again, like John Waters, like... Um, you know, it's like trashy, unapologetic, and and sexy. And I feel like, I mean, when we were talking about this, Alicia and I, I was always like, it has to be sexy. It has to be sexy. You know. <laughs> um, so John Waters would be welcome at a night. Absolutely, yeah. He's like, I met him once, and he, and he said something very morbid, and it was awesome. And he was just really, he's cool. He's so cool. I don't know if you've seen. Um, the 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 movie his stand up like um, this filthy world is that what it's called it's so good I've seen it no you should check it out and he's such a badass yeah um, definitely and you know all his jokes are like such bad taste but you know people like us appreciate that um, so uh, so yeah dirty soul we the next mix well actually the next mix we're gonna do is gonna be a little more Halloween themed so expect like you know more misfits sam hain like that kind of stuff and then just old like like garage like creepy stuff maybe not monster mash but like that you Do, know you think like <laughs> would have, have fun when he's heard he'd just be like i don't know about this place you know like what you think Glenn would appreciate that? I want to. I want to think he would love it. But like I said, I'm from New Jersey, so if he didn't, I'd have to throw myself in uh, the Passaic River or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I think so. I think anyone who you know who loves what's you know who isn't rigid and who loves, like I said, what what makes you feel free about what makes you feel really free about rock and roll would yeah. like it. And, and I think that's certainly him. He doesn't seem like someone who holds himself back too much. Yeah, and he loves the blues, so you know. A lot of the stuff you guys are talking about is very blues-based. Oh, yeah. You know? Even, like, Screaming Jay Hawkins, who's, like, a little horror, a little d- dirty, a little blues, you know? Like, stuff like that is, like, totally up our alley. And another thing I just wanted to point out is that we don't... The, well, this whole thing about just, like, having, like, you know, no inhibitions and just, like, letting loose... Um, 
you know, we, we don't want, there's, we don't want there to be any kind of pretense or any kind of like, you know, some people get very stuck up about music and they only like certain kinds of music and they're not really open to, you no. know, they're just very like elitist about whatever they're into. And at our party, it's just like, no, anything goes. It's like whatever, you know, like sounds great and makes you want to move and, you know, has like, yeah, and sounds dangerous and is rebellious. And that's, so that's the whole spirit again, just to reiterate that, you know, nothing pretentious, nothing like, you know, closed minded at our party. Another really cool thing is the artwork that you guys have like that on the flyer. So, like, from my understanding is there are several... That was another process, too, right? Arriving at what particular version of the artwork you guys are going to use, right? So. Yes. So, we work with this um, comic artist, uh, Derek Marks, who's, uh, who makes these just really funny comics about, you know, goth kids and punk kids growing up, you know, in, in the suburbs and just funny things in New York. He has, he has a, a really great comic Tumblr, which... Um, DerekGmarks.tumblr.com, and we had this idea of kind of coming up with characters of you know who who we want to see at the party, and you're like, okay, well, there's you know the over the hill biker chick, and you know there's the the Mexican girl with the Christian death neck tattoo, and and then uh, the uh, like the 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 black like hillbilly kind of guy that looks like Dupree from Crybaby, again another John Waters reference, but just like a badass, you know. Yeah, the one the one that you guys settled on though is that you're going to be you know cycling through different. Yeah, we okay, we switched cool. them out, and eventually we're gonna. Um, I guess starting next month for the Halloween one, we're gonna do these kind of four panel comics. Oh wow! To go along with each night, That's to awesome. kind of get involved in it, and and you know, in, in some deeper way, the the coming with the characters is again like what I was saying before about not erasing people out of the underground. It's like, well, there is a Mexican girl who loves Christian death. There are there is. The black rockabilly, the tons of black rockabilly fans. There's, so why aren't you seeing you know this represented? So we thought here's all these kind of comic characters hanging out together and at the same place. That we thought if you know if someone draws it, then uh, maybe it'll ma- manifest itself yeah. at Otto somehow. <laughs> yeah. You guys gonna ever do think of doing T-shirts with that stuff? Yeah. As soon as I started seeing the artwork, I was like, man, I love to have a T-shirt like that. Yeah, Derek has such a great style. It's a little bit like Love and Rockets, you know. It oh, yeah, definitely has very that attitude, Hernandez and Brothers. yeah, very Hernandez Brothers. And um, and Derek loves all the shit we play. Also, like originally, we had been talking to Derek about doing a night with him, but he hasn't DJed before, I don't think, or it just kind of didn't come together. And then when me and Alish got back in touch about it. Uh, we thought, you know what, maybe we have Derek do, like, the artwork, and, you know, we wanted to include him still somehow, um, and we had this idea about doing this comic and kind of having it be this collective, and, and then every month it'll be, like, a new comic, and there'll be these cast of characters, like, you know, D- Dupree and the Chula Girl and who loves Christian Death. And, That's awesome. You know, yeah, so um, I think for ho- the Halloween night we want to maybe start, something with that with the with the actual comic and not the um but sorry to answer your question about t-shirts yes i think that those heads with the bat face mm-hmm. which we all came up with together um i think th- those would make great t-shirts yeah. that would be great yeah yeah so you know the and how do you guys deal with like people making requests like that's always something i've always wondered about um 
you know, if you're doing your thing and some, someone rolls up and they're like, I want to hear like Freebird or something like that by Leonard Skinner or like, you know, Ted Nugent track or something. Yeah. You know, how do you guys deal with that? Well, to me, it, it really depends. I mean, you know, we're talking about the changing demographics of, of New York City. You'll, you'll often get requests, depending on where you DJ, for something that's nothing like anything that you're playing. So I just tell people, you know, you don't see a tip jar next to my DJ setup and that's because I don't take tips and I don't take requests you know I really I'm I, from a, like a curator standpoint I think I spend a lot of time thinking about what I'm going to play somewhere and then if you know if someone someone who gets in is excited about what you're doing it's totally different you know I kind of hope that I brought what they're what they're asking for but that's always more fun because that's some it comes from a different place someone appreciating it of like well what about this Christian death song and what about this song you know so with yeah. with them, I guess I apologize when I don't have it, and when I do, I always play it. Yeah, the, yeah. There's definitely a difference. I was just thinking about a night I DJed at years ago, uh, and this you know chick was there. I mean, she looked total like you know typical bridge and tunnel, like not you know she didn't know what the hell like was going on, and and she asked me if I had any like dance music, like disco or something, and. I was like, no, like it's not that kind of night. I was like, I have Kiss, and that's like the clo- closest uh, dynasty, thing. Dynasty, like the disco you know? record. Of Kiss. Not even, but I was like, I have Kiss, I have Guns and Roses, you know, stuff that's like you know more mainstream and like easy to swallow. I mean, she's obviously not going to go nuts over like you know Meat Hook Seed or whatever Godflesh, you know. Um, but yeah, when it's someone who gets it and who's excited and is like, "Hey, do you happen to have this?" and then when we do have it, yeah, we'll we'll play it. Like, so requests, it can it can go either way, I think. But it's nice like to get some kind of like reaction from the crowd and to know that people are really, really into it. On a technical aspect, like how you know, back in the day, you know, people would lug LPs and two turntables and all that stuff. You know, I'm not very hip when it comes to like. DJing so on the mechanical side of things how do you guys what do you guys actually you know how do you how do you put this all together I guess that's the question I have you know is it like digital you guys got laptops I guess a lot of it depends especially when you're DJing bars and not clubs a lot of it depends on what the bar actually already has there because we we never bring our own setup so you know if someplace has vinyl only that I'll I'll try to do that but for the most part I think you know we'd like to try and do CDs it's just easier to bring a ton of things with you and I I find laptops to be a little unreliable, I guess. Yeah. In place. And especially bars, laptop setups to be even more unreliable than laptops are. So, I've done the laptop thing quite a few times, especially at St. Vitus mm-hmm. here in Brooklyn. Um, and that was something about, I mean, it's easy. You know, it's like I see everything in front of yeah. me, but... I kind of, the thing about records is like, who wants to schlep a box of records, you know, to a gig? Like, I did that once, like, years ago, and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. I'm just going to do CDs. And I like CDs. You know, I like flipping through my CD book and see, you know, it's, yeah, there's something about it that I enjoy more than a laptop or an iPod. Um, I find it actually, I don't know, a bit easier, even though I'm not seeing all the songs laid out in front of me. Um, so yeah, we, I think we both actually prefer CDs, which yeah. is nice. Like, cause I don't, I think you're the only other person. Although maybe Mike uses CD or, uh, CDs, our friend Mike. I think, I think Mike, Mike Scandato, who has also been on the podcast yes. and was also my partner in the Necromaniacs podcast. Yes. I've DJed with Mike Scandato many times and we always use CDs. I still have, I think some of his <laughs> CDs. He probably has some of mine. Um, so yeah, I, I think he still uses CDs. I think. 
But, uh, yeah, we, we like that. You know, just bring a book and we'll make mixes too. And, you know, so if you're, you know, if you're a kid that's in, uh, you know, Cleveland, right. And this, this, all this talk is like exciting you, you know, is there a way that they can check out, you know, some of your mixes? Yeah. Um, you can go to Mixcloud and put Nightbreed DJs in. And we have a mix up there, and uh, pretty soon we'll have a second one uploaded, which you can listen to on SoundCloud the same way. You just put in Nightbreed. And uh, you're doing, you're gonna do like, uh, you know, track listings. Because like a lot of this stuff that you're talking about sounds really cool, and like I, I've never heard a lot of this stuff, and I'm sure there's people out there that'll check out your mix and be like, wow, this this track's awesome, and you know, they will they'll be able to read read along with the track listing and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. We put the track list on them. That's always something that you know when you're a DJ, you're like, ah, oh, someone else gonna know the records that I'm playing. But I kind of love that. I'm like, I want other people to know the records that I'm playing. And if more people are playing good records, then I think that's awesome. And you know, if someone is listening in Ohio, you take those records, start your own night, and send me the records that I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, put cool. put a mix up so I can. So are you gonna do a mix like for you know leading up to each event? Or? Yeah, every okay. month. The plan is to keep doing a mix monthly and kind of. You know, show a different side of of the party. Like we said, the the first mix was, was really death rock and psychobilly heavy, and because uh, we just thought that you know, kind of like the statement of intent, like this is you know the harder side of it. And then and then on this one, like I said, we try to get a little more international and, and take it to some other places. And then for October, we'll play like Halloween girl group songs and Halloween punk classics, and just kind of keep it fun and have some variation. Yeah, because like yeah, again, we have so much stuff, so we want to try and you know, highlight everything in, in each mix. And I think it's fun to, like, to prepare for the next gig, to have a mix, to work on the mix together. Because, you know, we hang out and we literally, like, sit there and, like, okay, what, what would sound good after this? What would sound good after that? And then, like, we're in touch back and forth the next, like, couple days, like, adding things. And it's just kind of fun. And, and hopefully it gets people interested. And uh, we had a nice amount of plays on the SoundCloud one, but we actually had to switch from SoundCloud to uh, Mixcloud. Um, so right now on Mixcloud, it's only the one mix, but we will have both on there soon. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of a fun way to to get ready and to help promote the night. Mixcloud is pretty cool. I, I my podcast is on Mixcloud too. I think that's a pretty good platform. I think. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. You know, SoundCloud is very it, it's good, but I I get the feeling that SoundCloud is more for like musicians or like people who are like producing original pieces of work, mm-hmm. you know, not so much like people throwing together, you know, mixes. All right, so let's get a, a rundown real quick here on uh where people can actually find you guys, you know, just so once again reiterate information you know, these these great mixes. You know, let's people if they want to check check it out. You know, like let's let's give a rundown on that stuff. Yeah, so it's it's uh, Nightbreed DJs uh, on Mixcloud, and then on Facebook we always have a invite going for the next event that's public. So you can just look up Nightbreed with an exclamation point at the end of it. <laughs> There's a lot of Nightbreeds. So so many people love Clive Barker, which is great. But um, so. You can look at both those places, but I would really encourage you to, to check out the mix. And and if you're in New York, you know, come to Otto's on September 26th or to New Blue on October 21st. And come say hi to me and Jackie and request some evil shit for us to play. And yeah. We'll right get on. drunk with you. 
Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for coming out tonight. Thank and uh, you. yeah, once again, you, any any of you guys in the New York area, you know, New Jersey, welcome. Please, Strong Island, welcome. You know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, Westchester. Yeah. Represent. You know. So uh, so yeah, there you have it. Have a good night.